welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. So, I feel like I haven't talked to y'all in forever. I say that every week, but it feels that way when I go so long in between. Um, let's see, how was my week? Uh, my week was pretty good. I worked all week, and then, um, for whatever reason, this week, I, t- I was telling my friend, like, I'm like, I've been really just tired, um... And I'm not really sure why that is. And so that's kind of thrown me off as far as like my regular routines. But um, it's been pretty good. This week going into the weekend, um, I got up with one of my friends that I haven't seen. Because we both have been taking the social distancing like really serious. And so we haven't seen each other in over two months. And so we saw each other for the first time yesterday. And we kind of sat outside in her backyard and um, just chilled out. But we were still kind of maintaining you know, a little distance or whatever. And we all kind of sat around the fire pit. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't realize how much I needed it, just having um, some social time. And so I'm glad that we were able to get together. We had food and drinks and just sat outside, um, you know, spread apart from each other. But it was cool. We talked, caught up. And um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I, so that was that was a good uh, note in my weekend. I also Saturday night tried to log into the Nelly and Luda versus and um, I didn't stay long. So my sister told me uh, the next day that Ludacris absolutely killed Nelly, but Nelly couldn't get his internet together. And so I tried to stay in there for a while, but it kept buffering and flooding the fuck around. So he kept going in and out, in and out. Um, So I don't know. I, I don't, this is what I don't get about the verses, right? I feel like, if you know that this is coming and you know that, you know, you, you're up next, make sure you do some kind of practice or something before and, and get your damn internet together so we can actually enjoy, um, you know, watching you. But, uh, I don't know, apparently it ended well. So I logged out somewhere in the beginning. I think the first 20, 30 minutes, if that, if I even gave it that, I think 25 minutes, maybe. Um, yes, that's really all I've been up to pretty much. Uh, I have some time off this week coming and, um, I know I told you guys that I do have some stuff that I'm going to, um, be launching pretty soon that I'm really excited about. I'm going to tell you that in the coming, um, coming weeks and also this week coming, uh, probably on Wednesday for wellness Wednesday, I'll be on IG live. So if you're not following my podcast at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast on Instagram, definitely follow. So you can see when I go live and you can jump in and we can have some conversation about uh, just different topics. I also think I'm going to post um, one of these days, like what's some stuff you want to hear me talk about and things like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely follow so we can just uh, stay in the know and with each other. But, yeah, but that's it. So let's move into um, Motivational Monday. So for Motivational Monday, I want to do something different. And I actually do this when it comes to work. We have the five wise exercise where... Um, usually it's help with problem solving, but I, what I wanted to suggest today, um, for motivational Monday is you do the five whys in regards to your goals. So right now we're going into June, we're halfway through May. And so we're at the halfway point of the year at the beginning of the year, you know, for motivational Monday, we have where, uh, we went over our focus words and our goals and what we wanted to do for the year. I've also done some check-ins where even though we have COVID going on, it doesn't matter. You still could be working on your goals. Trust me on this. Like I had a lot of things coming up that I was really looking forward to that completely I didn't get to do, or I had to kind of revamp how I did it. 
but I still, for the most part, I've gotten a lot of stuff done. So you can't really use what we have going on as an excuse. You got to just figure out ways to work around it. Um, as you know, as far as like your goals. So let's just go over kind of like how you're going to set up, um, the, the five whys. So basically you at the top, you'll set your goal. So you can do this two ways. You can do why you haven't accomplished your goal thus far. So you can put at the top your, what, what your goal was. And then every why has leading to the next why. So it could be, um, you know, so you didn't accomplish your goal. Why? Then you put the reason why. Then from there, you put another reason why. Then from there, you put another reason why. And that kind of give you a chance to kind of reflect on what it is that's blocking you or stopping you from doing the things that you said you want to do. Um, I just had this conversation yesterday and, and this is why I tell people, I'm like, when you start getting these negative, negative thoughts that pop in your head as to why you can't do something, that's just your brain and you talking yourself out of, you know, maybe stepping outside of your comfort or stopping yourself from doing something. I experience it. I, you know, I go through it a lot, but I always just be like, just fucking push through and just do it. You know, even if you're nervous or scared or whatever, just do it and keep, you know, keep, keep trying. So another thing you can do is if it's a goal you still are are trying to accomplish. So maybe you haven't even started yet on the goal. You can say like, for example, you can say your goal could be, I want, I want to own my own business. And then, you know, give the reasons why you want to do this. It could be so I can be my own boss. The next why, so I can make my own schedule. The next why, you know, just give the reasons why. And that's kind of like give you um, like positive affirmations as to why this goal or idea is good for you. And why is it something that you feel like you want to accomplish? So um, definitely do that. I don't know what your what your goals are or what you have plans for the year, but it's still time you know, we're only in May. And so you still have time to kind of work on some things. You know, I've been telling everybody like, um, I had some goals and I pretty much have almost knocked out. And with me and like being so busy as I am throughout the year, you know, with traveling and things like that. Now that I'm actually just sitting still, it's giving me time to just focus on some of the things that I set for the year that I've already pretty much have gotten done um, in the first like six months, just because like, I'm just really taking the time while I'm inside and I'm sitting still to really be intentional with things that I want to do. And so, you know, you can be doing the same thing as well. Um, and it's baby steps. It could just be just going over why maybe you haven't done it or what do you need to do to, uh, get some of the stuff done. So I thought that was pretty cool today. All right. So let's go into some excellence. So today it's just excellence over overall. Uh, yesterday they had on Saturday, they had a virtual commencement 2020. Um, I thought it was really, really dope. And I say that from the standpoint of, um, a lot of people work really hard, you know, in school, whether it's high school, you know, college, um, and just depending on, you know, even what level of, of, uh, um, education you're going into. And so, you know, for some people, it's a dream to walk across the stage and get their diploma and things like that. And so, you know, that I think that's been one of the biggest disappointments is that, you know, people didn't get to experience, have that experience. Um, so I thought it was cool for all these celebrities to come together and do something and motivate people and give like, you know, um, let them know that this, this accomplishment that they have right now is amazing. We got to see um, uh, Barack Obama speak and uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, and I'm, I'm somewhat biased. Uh, you know, I do miss him. Um, just having a sense of just normalcy. 
uh, and just, you know, someone just gives you hope. And, um, and that's really what I get from him. Like, you know, just to support and hope. And that's what you want out of a leader. Um, and so anyway, but, um, it was really good to see. And so for my excellence this week, um, I want to celebrate everyone and all the graduates and everybody that's accomplished, um, such amazing things because, um, I tell everybody, and especially in my household, like your education is one thing in this world that somebody can't take away from you, like your brain. And so the more that you are hungry to feed it, you know, that's, that's to me, the more you are accomplished as a person, it doesn't matter how much shit you have in the world, how much money you may have, like always continue to seek learning. I seek learning every moment I can, you know, whether I'm reading or, you know, I'm Googling this or I'm reading that and looking at that. And, um, I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself. The best reward you can give yourself is to keep feeding yourself, keep feeding your brain. All right. So let's just go into, I don't really have many hot topics this week, so I'm going to go into just one that I wanted to really talk about, and then the rest will be um, part of the thought of the week. So I watched um, an interview. I think it was Oprah's, uh, when she went on tour, part of her wellness tour, she did a stop where she had an interview with Tracy Ellis Ross. And so and it was really good too. You can um you can find it on YouTube and you can also go to Super Soul Sunday and listen to the podcast version of it on Oprah's uh, Super Soul Sunday. So she interviewed um Tracy Ellis Ross and Tracy Ellis Ross was talking about how like all this time that she could actually sing, but she was so afraid to sing. Um and she didn't want to live up to like I guess like that standard and it was something that she was really insecure about. It was a really powerful interview for me when I watched it because she, I can't remember how old she is now, but she's in her forties, I think. Hold on, let me Google that. Let me see how old she is now. Hold on. All right, so she is forty-seven, and she's just coming out with her movie. Um, it's set to come out. Uh, I think the end of, I think next week actually. The high note. Um, where she's a singer in there and basically they're trying to revive her, um, her career. So she did a lot of the singing on the the soundtrack and this would be our first time hearing her sing. So she dropped her, um, her first single love myself. And what I love about all of this is that, um, you know, I love to see people step outside of their comforts and she's 47 years old and she's showing people that like, it don't matter when you get started on, you know, um, your dreams, right? Just, just go ahead and follow them and do, you know, do what you do, what you know you can do. And, um, I thought that was really cool and she actually can really sing. And so, um, it was just cool to see like her being a celebrity and like her mom's freaking Diana Ross, like sitting here still talking about her vulnerabilities. And a lot of times people don't let down their guards to give you that real vulnerability. I feel like more and more in this day and age, you're seeing more people say like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I have vulnerabilities. Hey, I have, you know, shit that I could be working on still. And so it helps you kind of like humanize the person. And I want to just kind of bring that up and talk about it because I think a lot of times people feel like that as they're getting older, that their dreams just have to stop because they think that they're past this point that they can't accomplish things they want to accomplish, but you can. Anything that you set your mind to, 
you can do. And if you just have a little bit of belief and faith in yourself, you can accomplish anything you want to, no matter how old you are. And this with Tracy Ellis Ross is just proof of that, you know? So I wanted to highlight that today. And, um, now I'm about to roll on into some mess. So I want to talk about, um, today's thought of the week is on toxic masculinity. So before we get into toxic masculinity, I want to talk about this toxic relationship. It was a crazy story that I saw. I was going to talk about it last week, but we were talking about, uh, all the stuff with last week and the shootings and all that. And so I was kind of down last week. So this week I'm ready for some mess so I can get into it. All right. So Earl Thomas, he plays in the NFL. So I was reading this, um, last week, this actually happened at the situation happened. I'm going to talk about in April, but I think TMZ, um, got the mugshot. And then I guess he was trying to get ahead of it before TMZ released all this stuff, which was last week. All right. So Earl Thomas plays in the NFL. He's married to his wife, Nina Thomas. Um, they've been married for four years. I think they have three or four kids. All right. So I'm going to paraphrase this whole situation because I'm not reading anything, but I'm going to tell you what happened. So him and his wife got into it and he left and he went to an Airbnb. So basically she went through his phone and went on his Snapchat she saw on Snapchat that he was having sex and hanging out with women on a Snapchat, which is crazy. So she called her girls over and she located him. His, she located him through Snapchat by following his location or something on Snapchat. She gets to the house. She, her girls have her friends. They have knives and she has a gun. She thought she took the magazine out of the gun, but it still had uh, a bullet in the chamber, which obviously could have ended very badly. But when she went, when she busted up in the house, Earl Thomas and his brother was in the bed with other women having sex. So I'm guessing they were having, I guess, an orgy or whatever they were doing. But, but the way this article explained it, they were both in the bed having sex with women, with, with different women. So she, in she in turn, Nina, the wife puts the gun up to his head he somehow was able to wrangle the gun away, but the friends were like swinging knives or whatever at the women, a whole crazy scenario, right? Like I stated, she did take the magazine out the gun, but it's a scary situation because the gun still actually was loaded with a bullet in a chamber, right? So thank God that didn't turn crazy, um, as it could have. When the police arrived, Somehow he was able to, to wrangle the, the gun away from her. So when they arrived, she was chasing him with a knife and he was running around, like, I guess, trying to get away from her with the gun in his hand. So she was in and she ended up getting arrested for, um, burglary and something else where she had a mugshot and all that. So he puts up a post saying things like this happen. You know, this is kind of like what marriage is, um, which I was like, no, no, sir, this is not okay. Actually, uh, if you guys are to the point that you're doing all of this and the fact that she called her friends over and she has a gun on that, this is not the first time that they've had some shit going on. Maybe this could have been a breaking point for her where she just was like, fuck this shit. I'm about to fuck this dude up. Maybe that could be the case. I don't know. It very well could be the case, but I don't think this is the first time they got into some shit like this because um, if, if it's like that, then, but I will say this much. Do I think they have a toxic relationship? I do because they're still together. He bonded her. Um, he paid her bill and, and got her out of jail. 
And just like last week, he, she bought him like this big ass, like diamond necklace and all this shit. And he was like, thank you, baby. And tagged her. So clearly like, I don't know, they're still together. Um, but I will say this much, like, this is what I'm saying about like toxic relationships. I also one time, and this was just last week, I was scrolling on Facebook and it was crazy. I didn't notice people. Somebody else had commented on somebody's page, you know, so, so I guess a friend of a friend of my friend and, um, this girl would show pictures about like how like her whole house is fucking trash. Like her boyfriend came, busted out all her fucking TVs, ripped, like ripped the shit out the fucking wall. I mean, fucked her shit up. And so she just like, yeah, she was like, then then the next, the next set of uh, pictures is showing him rebuying the shit and, and I guess trying to fix the shit that he destroyed. And he literally rebought everything that he broke. So she just like, yeah, you know, well, we toxic as fuck and he crazy, but, um, he, he upgraded my shit, but I'm like, why would you want to be in a relationship like that? Like that is not love because if it, to me, it starts with, uh, the small things of maybe breaking some shit and all that. And then it keeps growing and keeps growing into, where it turns into where it could be a situation. It could be a domestic violence situation. It could be anything, you know, because to me, I think when you have a toxic relationship, a lot of respect is missed there. Just like in the Earl Thomas situation I just told you about, he didn't respect his wife. You know, he's sitting here having sex in the middle of freaking quarantine, um, you know, at a, at a random Airbnb and all of that. And it's like, you know, it's just lack of respect. And so for her to snap like that, this couldn't have been the first time that this happened. Um, and this honestly could have ended in a tragic situation. Cause what if she would have pulled the trigger on the gun? It's not something to kind of take lightly when you, when you think about the fact they have children and things like that. And how much have the children seen with stuff like this? So I thought that was a crazy story when I saw it, but today I'm kind of talking about toxic masculinity. So it kind of rolled into what I'm talking about. So I wanted to, uh, talk about that and then roll into what I'm going to talk about today. So for my thought of the week this week, um, like I stated, we're, we're discussing toxic masculinity. Um, this is a subject that I actually talk about a lot because it's something that really fucking annoys me a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So this week, Bootsy, who's a rapper, I don't personally like Boosie. I don't listen to him. I don't listen to any of his music, but you know, I see the shenanigans that he had, that he does or whatever, um, online. Um, I talked about him probably a few episodes ago, maybe the beginning of this year when he publicly, publicly, uh, went off on Dwayne Wade in regards to his support to his son. I told everybody then that that was the example of toxic masculinity, because here's my thing that I don't understand with people, especially with men. If it's not you or it's not your son, like where you need to be having that type of conversation, it really doesn't matter. And the levels to how he talks so poorly about Dwayne Wade and just like how he was wrong for supporting his son with what his son, well, his daughter now, excuse me, with what, um, you know, at the time, like, you know, him, him, he was experiencing with wanting to um, just be who he felt like, who she felt like she was, which, you know, um, they finally came out with all of that. And so I, even then, and everybody was like saying like, you know, Boosie's right. He's right. Da, 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 da. And they were kind of like, you know, in agreement to that. So then, um, we go into present day and it's just funny how the, the tables just kind of flip. So Boosie was on, uh, Instagram live this week and he was talking about how, 
he, when his son, his son and his nephews were like 12, he basically solicited grown women to have sex with and, and give his son, um, you know, basically give his son head and his nephews at 12 years old. So, and he thought it was nothing wrong with that. And I don't understand why, and you see this a lot and you, and this is also an example too, of what I, what I talked about, um, a couple weeks ago too, and I'm going to get on that, but I don't know why. And to me, it's a form of toxic masculinity. And on top of that, um, uh, he definitely should, I personally think he should get in trouble for it. Me personally, because, um, that's disgusting for one. And, um, for you to be soliciting sex to, for a minor, with a, with a grown woman, um, that's molestation. And I don't get why people don't get that. And what really came to my mind was when I saw this, I don't get why people feel like, especially men feel like it's okay for their sons to be, um, highly sexual early and feel like that that's them becoming a man. If they are sexually active at an early age or, or as soon as they get sexually active, like that's what they need to do. And you don't, I honestly think that when you become sexually active at a young age, it's actually damaging to you, um, especially in the way that you go about it, right? So I'm gonna give an example. I was listening to Charlemagne the God uh, podcast, The Brilliant Idiots, and you know he's a mental health um, enthusiast because you know he realized he had a lot of trauma when he was young. That's one reason why I personally like Charlemagne, which is just because he talks about um, his mental health struggles and his journey as a black man, because a lot of times you don't see men talk about their emotions, their feelings, and being okay with that and not being embarrassed to talk about it, even though like, it's okay. Just cause you're a man, you, you still have feelings too. But so many of, so many of them are raised kind of like with toxic masculinity, you know, where they develop these things to where they weren't able to talk. They weren't able to say how they felt. If they had emotions, you know, you were told be a man or, you know, boys don't cry and things like that. And it's okay. Right. So Charlemagne, you know, lately, like in the last couple of years, he basically real, he was like saying when he talked about what happened to him and I think he was 10 or 11, it was a woman in the neighborhood or something like that, who basically, um, was trying to have sex with him and, and did, you know, was touching him and did have sex with him. He said that he felt so disgusting and that he knew that it was wrong, that he ended up, you know, begging her to stop. So when she finally stopped, you know, she like, you know, pushed him off of her or whatever. And she called him ugly. And he was just saying that, like how that really fucked him up mentally. And even how he went into like his relationships and how he was feeling like he needed to do all these things and have all these things in order to feel like, you know, highly sexual to feel like it's him, like being a man, like he had to do these things. He felt like to be a man. And he was just saying that like before he used to be like, oh, you know, yeah, I was, I was 10 or 11, you know, having sex with this 20 some year old. But he said, as he got older and started going into therapy, he realized like, yo, that was not okay. Like he actually was embarrassed to say it. And now he's starting to put the name to what it was. And he was like, you know, he was molested as a kid. And it's bold to say and do as, as you know, cause a lot of men don't actually say that they were, but you know what I tell people all the time, like we always hear about women talking about being molested and things like that, but it happens to boys too. It's just that the boys may not actually talk about it or they might not feel like they have somebody to talk to, or instead of, or if they did talk to somebody or they talk to another male in their life, they might just be applauded 
for doing that. You see a lot of rappers that talk about having sex at early ages. I've, I've heard people say that they've had sex, started having sex at, I think Lil Wayne said he started having sex at eight or nine, you know, and that's crazy. And that's crazy. It's scary, you know, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm raising, you know what I'm saying? Um, a son and my, my, you know, um, obviously, you know, you have talks about sex and things like that because you want to make sure that whenever your child gets to the point that they feel like that's what they want to do, that they are prepared to do that and understand what goes into sex. And that's how I explain it. Like, I don't just say, this is what makes you a man because it doesn't make you a man at all. You can be a little boy that's irresponsible and still out here doing things and where it can fall into, you can bring a child into this world that you're not ready for. You can get a disease that you can't get rid of. And on top of the emotional and mental aspect of it that you're not prepared for as a kid, you're not prepared for those changes um, that, that happens with your body and your mental and things like that. And so, you know, I always explain sex and, um, the importance of understanding what you got going on to both my, you know, the same way I would to a male and a female, me personally, you know, I think that your body is a temple male and female. I think that the energy that you give and what you're giving, you should at least put thought into what you're doing and you should at least give it to somebody that, you know, um, that deserve it. And I, I would never sit and be like, Oh, you know, go out there and just do it, do it, you know, and, and, uh, like it's giving you some kind of street cred or something or giving you like some man points. Cause it doesn't. Um, and so when I saw this with Boosie, I thought this was totally irresponsible just as a man and as a father, and it can lead to toxic. It can, it was definitely toxic masculinity behavior, but it can lead to it having, um, you know, uh, his son having issues in regards to that. Another example of this, this is a couple of years ago. I don't remember what it was called. I think it might've, it might've been behind the music. It was something. And, um, Usher was talking about, um, how when he was on tour with like Jermaine Dupree, um, and it was like Bow Wow and all of them, how they used to get them women to have sex with. And this is when they were like, I think it actually was Puff Daddy. It was Jermaine Dupree did it with Bow Wow when Bow Wow was like 10 or 11. And I think Puff Daddy did it with Usher, like when they were on tour, when Usher was like 10 or 11. And he just talked about how it really, you know, fucked him up. But he thought that this was just normal and this is what he should be doing as a man. So, you know, I wanted to kind of bring it up because a lot of times I think when men, you know, raise uh, boys, they feel like they have to do these things or start them early in order for them to, I guess, quote unquote, not be gay. Um, which is parts of toxic masculinity, you know, and the thing that people don't realize is you half the time with your sexuality and things like that, you don't even know what you got going on until really your twenties. Like you have some people that's, you know, that's like say, you know, gay or something like that to say like they were born that way and things like that. And I think you can feel that way. I truly do. I think you can feel that way as a kid, but then you have some people who, you know, might not go into, um, what they feel or their sexuality until later in life, until they know they understand themselves. Cause you don't really know yourself like that until later in life when you actually have experiences. That's my opinion. But I pulled up some behaviors of toxic masculinity to go over. So the first one is one extreme self-reliance, the need to do everything on their own, making it less likely for men to seek treatment or reach out for help financially. Um, you can also see this with, um, the lack of men that seek help with therapy. 
they they really don't most times and so um that's a form of it where you feel like you can just take care of things yourself or you don't have to talk about anything or you don't have to you don't need anybody else but um you know you do so the second one is shame dissociation and avoidance of emotional expression think boys men don't cry leaving boys men leaving boys men with few acceptable emotions besides anger and this example of what i was saying earlier you see this a lot in little boys where they fall or they do whatever and you they tell them oh be a man be a man you know or they don't want them to have um like I know, I know somebody who, and they were telling me, and I thought it was so wrong. They were telling me how, uh, you know, their son was just really, uh, affectionate and things like that. And how the dad would, you know, really come down on them to the point that like the kid is kind of like insecure now about themselves based on like their parents saying like, um, you know, you don't need to be acting that way. Like you acting gay and stuff like that. But I think stuff like that is horrible when I hear it and it's wrong because, having a little affection or being emotional or being able to tell your feelings. I personally love men that can tell their emotions and feelings and actually have a conversation with you about what they have going on. One of my friends, um, we talk all the time and we talk about, you know, his feelings, my feelings, you know, whatever. But I love that. Um, he's my best friend and I love that I can sit and talk to him about his feelings and he can actually articulate his feelings to me as a man. Because it's so rare that you you have that where, you know, they can actually say how they feel and they're not embarrassed or feel like they're weak, you know, because I don't think that makes you weak to have feelings or to say that this hurt me or to say that, you know, whatever. And I welcome it. You know, I'm always one of those people that's ready to talk and I'm always one of those people that welcome just conversation and I, you know, really press for, you know, to have emotional conversation, you know, especially with my guy friends, because it's okay. And especially with the boys in my life, you know, like the little kids in my life, you know, it's, it's okay to tell your feelings, you know, if something hurt, it hurt. You know, if you say you had a little breakup at school or something like that, and you want to cry, let's cry, you know, and it's fine. Because when you raise your kids to feel like that they can't have any level of emotion, these are things that's going to roll into them as they become adults. And when they become adults, these are things that's going to shape them as men. So the toxic masculinity is not, it's not a good thing. Um, and most times you can see that another, another trait that comes from toxic masculinity is domestic violence, you know, and that usually is, doesn't, it's not all the time, but that can be a level of it because the only emotion that they felt like that they were able to show was in the form of violence or anger. So the next point is extreme aspiration for physical, sexual, intellectual dominance. And that can come from where you see somebody with uh, high sex drives where they are um, because they want to have like the dominance, like they aren't, they, they hard to settle down. And even if they do, like they probably are cheaters and things like that. Uh, you also see this like in the workplace where they have lack of respect for women, like as far as like women, um, that might be over them or they feel like they don't want a woman boss and things like that. Um, so you, you see that you see that. And I think we see that a lot, actually, especially and this can start young where you see boys saying, oh, girls can't do that. Girls can't do this. 
but girls can do anything that a man can do. But when you have that mindset, it can lead to toxic masculinity. Devaluation of women's opinions, body and self and sense of self. And like I said, that goes, that can go into, um, a level of abuse and how you view women. And most times when people have toxic masculinity, they view women as lesser than, um, so you see that as well. Condemning anything feminine within another man or equating affection for another man as being sexually attracted to other men, resulting in higher social isolation and loneliness and lack of social cohesion. And that's basically an example of what I was saying about the boozy thing. Like, um, you know, it, it really doesn't really matter. And even what he's doing with his son, uh, you know, he'll like, he has made comments saying like my son will never be gay, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and the fact that he's paying, you know, these, or making these women, you know, grown women have sex with a child. That's a minor, not even uh, a teenager. Um, you know, it's disgusting, honestly. And the fact that he was bragging about it, like, it's really not okay. And he doesn't know what's that going to do to, um, to his son. I personally feel like for me, um, I'm not naive and stupid to think that these kids and nowadays in this generation aren't going to have sex and they might have sex a little bit earlier. And that's mainly due to the fact that everything is hypersexualized. Like everything is hypersexualized. You have sex every fucking where they talk about sex in these fucking Disney movies, you know, where they're showing skin and all that. I mean, it's every, it's everywhere. You know, now they have social media. I just scrolled on my social media today and I literally saw a sex tape on my social media timeline. So, you know, it's everywhere. But the thing that I, that my point is, is that I think when you sit and you give examples of if you go ahead and have sex early or you do this or you do that, or you have, or you go ahead and have sex, that that's making your son a man, or that's making your son, um, prefer women because that might not necessarily be the case at all. And I think that, you know, with raising, uh, you know, there's no blueprint to, you know, being a parent and things like that. Um, but I definitely think that Boosie is wrong. If you support that shit, like you really need to think about, you know, what you're putting in the atmosphere. Um, toxic masculinity is very fucking real. You see that a lot. You can see it in your workplace. You can see it in relationships. And most times if you have toxic masculinity in a relationship, there's going to be some kind of level of abuse, whether it's emotional, physical, or mental abuse. Because the fact that the male is going to feel like that the woman is lesser, he's going to treat her like lesser. And you're going to see more and more, you know, disrespect. And it's just something to think about, especially when, you know, we think about how we want, you know, things to be in the world. And more and more, not even just relationships, just how we want each other to be to each other. And, you know, usually every week I'm talking on here about, you know, being kind to each other, being good to each other. And it starts at stuff, it starts at points like this. The things that, the things that we put out here in the atmosphere and the things that we find to be acceptable is not acceptable. You know, we pray, I know people that praise Boosie like no other and love him to death, but it's not okay, his behavior is actually very fucking toxic. And then he's given that toxic shit to his sons. That's going to continue the same toxic behavior. You know, these toxic behaviors have to stop, but they have to stop by somebody cutting the cycle, the generational cycle. And that's pretty much what you see, because more than likely 
somebody probably taught Boosie that this shit was okay or somebody introduced him to Sex Young where he felt like this is what you're supposed to do. And then he's giving that to his sons. It's probably going to continue to cycle until somebody stop it. So um, if you see that going on or you see that even somewhere present in, in your life, I know for me, anytime that I see my nephews, my kids say some toxic shit or on some on something that's kind of fucking ignorant, I completely stop them dead in their tracks and be like, that shit is not okay. What you're saying. You're actually very wrong about what you're saying. Point blank, period. You know, things like that. Because you, you know, I, I want to have, you know, feel like I've raised a good man. And I want, you know, the men in my family that the, the young boys in my family, that's going to be, you know, uh, the men of the family one day. I want them to be, you know, good, honest individuals and not toxic men walking around that, you know, feel like they have to be this person instead of just being, you know, who they are and also just being good towards women and towards other men as well. Um, but that's pretty much all I had this week. When I saw that shit on Boosie, I had to talk about it because I was like, that's the craziest shit I ever heard in my life, even though we know that it happens, but it has to fucking stop. That toxic masculinity shit is ridiculous. Um, and so I want to share my thoughts on it today. Um, uh, I will be on IG Live this week, chopping it up. So definitely pop in. Um, probably going to be around seven on Wednesday morning, likely to so give me some time at the work. And, uh, so yeah, pop in and, and talk, um, ask questions, whatever. And so we're going to talk about that. And also, um, you know, I just want to let you know as well, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, um, leave feedback, any kind of feedback. I don't mind. Just, you know, tell me what you, what you like or don't like. Um, you can follow me on Instagram is at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at IJMT podcast. If you ever want to reach out through email, you can find me on my email, IJMT podcast at gmail.com. I thank you so much for listening today. Like always, it's Mika here. I appreciate you.